Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. In a world of covert culinary criminal coalitions. Jean-Carlo. We chef. Reformed criminal and celebrity chef Butch Orson. Prepare the brigade. We chef. Is dragged back into the dark realm of criminal kitchens. Behind. When old rivals threaten his life's work. Corner. Butch is brought back. Hot. No, 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 no. For one. Last. Cook. Open Pandora's oven. Yes, Yes, chef. John Wick meets Hell's Kitchen in Yes, Chef. A comedic actual play adventure of kooky culinary combat, refried revenge, and untold gastronomic horrors. Yes Chef is out now on the Dungeons and Drimbus podcast feed. Butchie, a genuine pleasure to see ya. <laughs> Rev here. Just a few things before we get into this week's episode. Gen Con ticket sales have been live uh, for events about 30 minutes now, and we are already sold out. Uh, But do keep an eye on that as the week goes on, because I'm sure people will add and drop things. And then you can also always show up at the event. I can't think of a game that we've had where we didn't have at least two or three people not show up. So if you were trying to get into one of our games and you weren't able to, keep an eye out on the site and always feel free to stop by right before those events start. Uh, And then later this week, I believe we will have up the RSVP for the Crit Crew Meetup, which will be at the IRT right across the street from where Gen Con is held. We'll have a little get-together, have some drinks, and we'll perform the live show there. So if you were able to join us last year, we'd love to see you again. Uh, And if you're a new listener and you're headed to Gen Con, you're more than welcome as well. So we will send out that RSVP link to the mailing list. We'll also post it on social media, so keep an eye out for that. And with that, it's time to get into the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back for another one-page RPG. This week, we have an offering from Jake. Jake, what are you going to be running for us? This game isn't really run as much as it is guided. I'll be guiding us. So, hello everybody. I'll be guiding us through uh, a game of Postcard from the Expedition, which is by Silverhoof Games. You can find it at silverhoofgames.com. But it is a very uh, narrative-based, story-heavy. The only thing you do mechanically is flip a coin occasionally to determine an outcome. And uh, we're just going to make up a nice little tale uh, about about intrigue or exploration. Or I don't know yet. We'll figure that out as we start going through it. So uh, hopefully everybody has read the rules and familiarized themselves with the tactics. Yes? No. no you, you explicitly no, told us not to. not to read anything. I did. I did I, explicitly say that. It was for this trade. gotcha moment. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just to make you guys look foolish. <laughs> oh, no. And this isn't even going to stay in the final cut. Like, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna cut this. We need to stop recording so you can read. 
No. Uh, so one of the nice things about this game is you you don't need to know anything beforehand. We're literally just going to read the questions and kind of go through. So I figure the easiest way to do this will be to basically just go in a circle around the table question by question because there are four roles to be filled. Uh, the first one is mandatory. So I think I, as the guide, will take that one and then I'll just kind of ask the questions of us around in a circle and we'll go and go and go. Okay. So the first thing that we do is we choose a character and we create our expedition. Uh, so the first player is player A, uh, the required character, an archaeologist, a professor, or a scientist. Uh, and my job is to answer what are we exploring and where do we find it? Uh, so I think that we are exploring an expansive cave system uh, that was recently kind of cracked open due to geological activity. Um, and, you know, there are there are legends in the area of like a, an underground civilization or something maybe used to exist and may somehow still exist in this area. Ooh. Uh, so I would pass it around to Tass to be character S, a student or an assistant. And your question is, what is the curse of this place? Uh, okay. A curse of this place. Yes, I know many <laughs> It's all curses. It's don't, don't worry, man. It's extremely vague still on purpose. You just say any dumb shit you want and then it becomes true and we all have to deal with it. Okay. So the curse of this place is that it tends to sink deeper when it is discovered. Okay. Interesting. Uh, all right. So the next character, character G, a guide or a local. So this will be Rev. Uh, your question is, what legend do you know about this place? Uh, I think the legend that I know about this place is that there is a very specific phase of the moon that brings it back up. Okay. Do you know what phase? Yeah, it's the uh, it's the the waning moon. <laughs> it's not. Is that a thing? It's not a, that's not that's, a real. That's a half real the one. month, I think. That's, uh, that's I part of I it. See. Yeah, a waning crescent. Or, or or gibbon or a waning gibbous gibbous <laughs> gibbous gibbon gibbon yeah gibbous it's the, gib it's the gibbon moon it's the gibbon <laughs> you know what it's uh it's like harvest moon like something that only happens once a year ah okay, okay. nice uh and then finally character m a mercenary a soldier or a guard so this will be kim your question is why did you sneak in here secretly and in a small group and i believe that is like a a plural you like why did we yeah, as yeah, a yeah. team sneak as, in your secret. As opposed to how did group. I how did I secretly infiltrate this team of three uh, people? <laughs> yeah. I see, I see. I think that the area that this cave system is in is guarded by like a gang of bandits and treasure hunters who are trying to find the same cave system. And so we're trying to sneak in secretly and in a small group because uh we don't want them to know that we're here and trying to find this discovery first. Okay. Nice. Uh, so in the next round, we establish our short bios. Uh, so for me, my question is, what is your biggest discovery? Atlantis. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh <Dope>. nice. <laughs> okay. So this should be I, easy for you. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think like, like, uh, like the most compelling evidence that exists for the existence of Atlantis. Like I think my biggest discovery was like, a small, like a buried cache of artifacts on the sea floor around where Atlantis supposedly went down that everybody's like, well, what? Okay, well, what are these then if they're not Atlantis? And I'm just kind of like checkmate atheists, but for Atlantis deniers instead. <laughs> so, Tass, 
what did you sacrifice or give up to go on this expedition? I think that I was on the verge of a job like teaching. I think that, you know, upon graduation, they had something lined up for me that was cushy and comfortable and not any fun at all. But I got the beat on this and thought, no, this is going to actually put my name on the map and and will be a huge discovery. So I'm going to give up my chance to do this, knowing that if I leave it behind, it was going to get filled and I don't have that chance anymore. Uh, Rev, Mm -hmm. what are the people of this area afraid of? So what people here are afraid of is the actual discovery happening and essentially what happens to like strip mining towns happening to them, like just a flood of people digging out the earth, finding these things, and then kind of leaving this place hollow. Okay. Uh, Kim, who and where did you fight? So for the sake of this, Rev is the only local. All the rest of us are not from wherever we're currently exploring. Yeah, presumably. I think just honestly a soldier for hire and I would fight for whomever paid me the most and whatever I would do. And so my travels led me to this area. And that's how I met this team of researchers is that they simply hired me in order to help lead them into this dangerous, possibly guarded area. I like that this establishes that somehow we have a lot of money between us. Yeah, She's like, I work for whoever pays the most. So I found this team of random researchers and they (laughs) paid me the most. Not a lot. But still the most. Still the most. I'm not in high demand. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so now we move into our goals. Uh, so for me, what historic or scientific facts do you hope to prove to be wrong? I think I hope that there is a civilization still alive down here and that it kind of uh, rewrites how we think about like what humans need biologically to stay alive. Like that the human ability to like overcome like biological adversity is greater than we think it is that you can live underground isolated off of these things we don't need sunlight right i can just stay inside forever in the darkness (laughs) and that's okay um but yeah that that humans are able to overcome natural adversity more than we even think nice uh tass what does await you when you return home uh so i made a bet with my rival the the like sort of the secondary person that they wanted to pick that I know is going to get this job now that I'm leaving it. And he's sort of lording that over me. Uh, But I made a bet with him. So if I find something definitive here and groundbreaking, um, I get his car. So that is potentially waiting for me when I get back. And it is fill in blank with super fancy $150,000 car. That's beautiful. What color is it? It is purple. Ooh. Very nice. Guy's got taste. Uh, Rev, why do you travel with strangers? Because since I guide others through, like the locals, especially close to where the cave is believed to be, won't associate with me anymore. And Kim, what values does this place hold? Whatever civilization is here or rumored to be here was extremely devout and valued uh, respecting religion and devotion to their gods. Okay. Tell us all about this pantheon. <laughs> uh, I believe that's Reb's job as the local. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> mm. um, all right. So we have sort of created the expedition. Now it is time for us to go on the expedition. So uh, the, the game order from here on out will be uh, we hit a location where we do some questions and then we camp and then we hit a location and then we camp and then we hit a location and then we camp and then we end it. We talk about the end of the game. 
So at this point, we don't have to necessarily stick to this rotation. Keep in mind who you are and what you've established so far, but I just get to ask these questions of whichever of you I want. Um, and you'll kind of answer it. We'll flesh out the world. And then at the end of each round, there is a, a coin flip to kind of determine how it has manifested, what has resulted from this. So location one is at the entrance. So let's start with Rev. Uh, where are we? What does the place look like? And what is unusual about it? We are on a cliffside that used to look over a lagoon, uh, but the lagoon is all dried out now. But you can still see signs of petrified kelp, just a lot of things that you would see in the water areas, but just all completely almost like a desert now. And the unusual thing about it is that standing in the entrance to this cave, you kind of have to like rappel down to it. You can still hear the ocean even though you can't see water. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the person who answers the question chooses who goes next. Uh, do I get to know the question first, or do I just pick the next person, or does it matter? Either way, Tass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, Tass, who has created all this, or how was this place created? Uh, so, I think the legend about how it was created is that whatever started the curse of this place sinking like whatever it was that started that, like whoever did some ritual or um, offended the gods or something, like something struck this lagoon and it went through the earth and it drained the water into caverns below. And some of the pieces of this civilization started to sink with it. Um, so it left this as the only way to get down through to the bottom of, of wherever everything else sank. So in theory, this whole lagoon or a small sea, essentially, is uh, now all underground. Okay, so uh, what's the next question? Uh, what is blocking the way further? What is dangerous or difficult about it? Well, I think our Merc needs to answer that. I think what is blocking the way further is a right at the entrance of this cave and we have to rappel down into it is a is a small patrol of bandits. And what's dangerous or difficult is that we have to time our descent so that we can get past this patrol and get further into the caves. Ooh. Uh, which leaves me with the final question. How can I help others to overcome the obstacle? Uh, I think it is uh, us kind of sneaking down, not directly to the entrance, but like close, like a, like a, you know, I'm imagining a, a fairly wide like not just like a single person entrance here like enough to like kind of set up a very small base camp in front of it that we are able to kind of sneak down to an edge and place fakes in a convincing enough place that it will divert their attention like they'll be focused on it away from the entrance proper because they think maybe they're starting to uncover shit all the way out here nice oh nice uh and at this point i flip a coin and heads means success and i explain the way i've done it and tails means failure, and the rest of you describe how we get out of it, losing something important on the way. But that is heads. Nice. So, uh, it was a success, so uh, we all kind of collaboratively repelled down. Uh, I think a lot of this probably came down to the Merc, physically speaking, like me and and uh, the student creating convincing replicas based on like what we've dealt with in academia and based on the input of our guide on like what this should look like or how it should be different and then handing it off to the Merc to rappel down and place and then all of us just kind of triggering their attention in that direction so we could sneak down the other way. 
Strange happenings are occurring in the world of Exandria. Slayed creatures and beasts from days of yore are returning to the land of the living, and it's up to a band of unlikely heroes to re-slay them. Welcome to the Re-Slayer's Take. Join Jasmine Bular, Jasmine Chung, Jasper Cartwright, and Caroline Lux alongside Game Masters Nick Williams and me, George Primavera, in this Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition role-playing adventure through Critical Role's fantasy world of Exandria. But don't worry, you won't need to know the rules to follow this story. All you need to know is that nothing the players do is scripted or planned, and their fates are determined by their own cleverness and the roll of a 20-sided die. So what the heck are you waiting for? Adventure awaits in the Re-Slayers take. New episodes drop weekly on Mondays wherever you stream your podcasts. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. And now we move to the next scene, which is camp. Uh, so... In this phase, we just ask each other questions about our characters, past, future, relationships, expeditions, goals, whatever. Uh, so our camp story should reveal our characters, the world around them, and take the story to a deeper level. What parts of our story weren't covered? Uh, what do we want to know about this place and your companions, etc.? So I think we just each ask another player one question, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, one person could theoretically get all the questions if we all find them very interesting, but just pick a person and ask him a question about the character. Jake, so after having like discovered Atlantis or proof of Atlantis, if there is a society down here, is there something more than just their existence you want to prove or like learn from them or like what do you want from them? Uh, I think that I am fascinated by all of these lost culture myths. Um, like, like Atlantis or like the Mascara and shit, like just all of these like hidden cultures that have existed kind of outside of normal civilization and time. Um, and the absolute unique perspective they could offer on the passage of time. Like how is, how have things been different? Because the rest of the world has, you know, in, interacted so much being so isolated, like what would their recounting be like? How do they measure time what kind of events like you know what what how do they measure their ages um and i think i'd be super curious about that for a place that is not just like separate and isolated but like not even on the surface like how how have they tracked i just want to know how they document pretty much tass how long have you and jake known each other were you his student yeah, I think it's been a while. I think I started out as student and then it kind of morphed into assistant, like helping teach classes and helping um, with smaller excursions once it kind of morphed more into that. So I haven't really been on any of the big trips until now, um, but with anything else clerical, I was the dude. So you missed out on the Atlantis trip? I did, for sure. <laughs> Kim, you're a mercenary. How many people have you killed? Damn, dog. Taz, you can't just sit around a campfire and ask someone how many people they've killed. <laughs> or else the number's about to increase by one. 
Tass, pick a number between like 45 and 98. 98. Sure, we'll go with that many. Okay. So really, you kind of asked yourself a question. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Played the Uno reverse card. I'm pretty sure that was literally my answer. He asked me how many how many people I'd killed, and I'm like, yeah, pick a number. And no matter what, no matter what number he had said, I'd be like, yeah, it's that one. <laughs> that one. Nice. Uh, okay, I like it. Rev, uh, what other expeditions have you guided in the past? I haven't. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I've only led people here, and it does not always end well for them. Here and back, and here and back, and here and back is is all I've done. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, we move on to location two. Uh, this one isn't so clearly defined as like at the entrance. It is just the next part beyond the entrance, whatever it is. Um, so I'll start with Kim on this one. Uh, where are we? What does this place look like? And what is unusual here? We're at this rock wall that almost looks kind of like Swiss cheese in regards to just a whole bunch of tunnels going every which way. And what's unusual here is that for whatever reason, every time we're sort of conferring and trying to track or trying to discuss which tunnel we think is the best route to take, the arrangement of the tunnels seems to shift every time we keep looking back at it. God, okay. Oh, I hate that so much. (laughs) Um, So the next question is, how was or is this place used? Who do you want to answer it? I think that's a good question for our archaeologist. Um, From what I can tell, looking looking through this place, all of these uh, tunnels and are they are they all like like people size, like navigable tunnels? I mean, some of them you'd have to really squeeze. But uh, yeah, we could we could make it through. Uh, I think that from what I can tell uh, by like the the texture and the structure of the rock that it seems like at one point these were smaller and were kind of used as like aquifers. Like this was maybe a water transit system that has either just been eroded or was purposely repurposed um, to instead be this kind of deliberately confusing, like, you know, it's, it is now made not as a trap exactly, but to disorient um, that, you know, as, as things kind of shift or like, Maybe there's literally still water running through the walls that actually like triggers balance changes that change how these are oriented. Um, It seems like this is now on purpose obfuscating where we're supposed to go. Uh, So the next question, what is blocking the way further? What is dangerous or difficult about it? Uh, I will go with Tess. Uh, I think we discover why so few people, you know, get far down here because we spend some time and you know, watch these things shift. We go down a few tunnels a little ways and back and we find what we think is probably the most correct tunnel. And the, I guess the quote unquote block is that the correct tunnel, once you get through to it, is essentially a jump puzzle. Like this is some platforming. So just like you said, we discover all of these ducts and things that fill with water and shift things. And to be able to get to the other side, we literally have to time it just right so that we're getting to one platform and then the next before it shifts and closes us off or worse, harms us horrifically. Uh, and that leaves the final question for Rev. How can I help others to overcome the obstacle? So knowing that this is all connected to the moon, I think that I know that the reason this stuff shifts around uh, is because of water underneath shifting and moving and pushing rock as the tide changes. Um, because the tricky thing about this is that because it is a shifting puzzle, 
the moon takes a long time to move, so it's never all going to be right at the same time unless you camp there for weeks. And I think the way that I can help people get through this is having brought along a almost like a pump, like a hand pump that at the right time you can put down underneath a rock to get some of the water out of it to lower it if it seems like that's the way we have to go, but we have missed that window. Okay. Flip a coin to determine success or failure. Heads. Okay. Nice. So that is a success. Uh, explain the way you've done it, I guess, in a little more detail. Yeah. Uh, so there are a couple points where it seems like the direction we need to go that allows us to go deeper is blocked off by rocks that are not shifting the way the rest of the puzzle is. Uh, and so we get a tube down inside and, and start this hand pump and pump some of the water out to make spaces just big enough for us to crawl. Uh, and with that, we move on to the next camp scene uh, where we can just ask each other questions. Rev, are we now the farthest that you've ever gone into this cave system? It's tied. This is the furthest I have ever been. This is not the first time I've been this far, mm -hmm. but this is the furthest I have been. Um, Tass, we have found at some point traversing until we got to this camp, you found something that makes you think there is an active civilization down here. What was it? I think what we found in all of the sort of shifting platforms was that some of the stone that shifts was very clearly newly like chiseled away. Like somebody came up here, up over whatever, uh, for maintenance on this. Um, so it's just an indicator that Somebody is keeping this in good order and working order. That's very wild. I like that idea that this like thousands of years old puzzle gets shaped and adjusted to make sure that it still works. Uh, Jake, do you have any worry about me being here as an assistant and that potentially taking away some of the uh, renown of this discovery? No, renown is not really what I'm going for. If somebody else discovered it, I wouldn't be bothered as long as they did it properly. Like, I'm not concerned with my name being the thing associated with this. I am concerned with the knowledge existing and it being attained, like, responsibly and ethically. Like, if somebody started just dynamiting through this, I'd be mad, not just because they got to it before me, but because they were shitty about it. But you are uh, an ethical uh, archaeologist, and so I'm, I'm not bothered at all. I'm happy to have you along. Okay. Denny? Denny again. Denny, is that you? It's Denny always. I'm trying trying to be Indiana Jones as always. <laughs> Kim, who matters to you? My parents. Almost all of the money that I make, I send back to them. I love my family very much. Oh, Merc with a heart of gold. All right, that takes us to location three. Uh so I'll I'll go with Tass. Um, where are we? What does this place look like? And what is unusual here? Uh, and I'll tell you that the you know there's another camp and then kind of the final like closeout. So however much you want to advance us through this expedition, you can. Um, I think we have a little bit more to traverse of these sort of shifting platforms, but it gets much easier as we go. And what we come out to after camping is a vast cavern overlooking a miniature sea, and there's a forest down here, and we can see the hints of of creatures moving around in these bizarre trees that are growing up out of the rock and there are lava flows that give off lots of light so nothing civilization seeming at the moment 
um, but this is is vast and has potential for life. We have found the Savage Lands. I, yeah. I was going to say we found Hollow Earth. <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The next question is, how was this place abandoned or ruined? Who do you want to answer it? Rev, tell us about that. Uh, this place was abandoned because it has become essentially a wildlife preservation for all of these strange animals. That if there is a, a culture here, they are further in and they are letting the things that they need to survive you know, animals they need to hunt or use or whatever, they're giving them a place to to roam and just be so they don't have everything in some kind of strange underground captivity. Nice. Okay. Uh, next question is, what is blocking the way further? What is dangerous or difficult about it? Who do you want to answer? Jake. Uh, I mean, I think, I think the wildlife, like just the nature is what's blocking the way further and Partly because we don't know if it's going to threaten us, like if something's going to attack us or be dangerous, and partly because we don't want to ruin it. Like we want to, if this place is a preserve, we want to preserve it. So we are trying to navigate like very carefully and also cautiously about what what might come out of here for us. Um, and the last question is, how can I help others to overcome the obstacle, Kim? So I think what we're trying to do is kind of stick to the perimeters of this area because we don't want to disturb this nature preserve. And so it's really just us sneaking very carefully along the edges of this of this overgrowth. And I am keeping track and trying to just keep my keep my eyes and ears open for any of these creatures and i know that i'm under instructions to try not to harm these creatures if we can't uh but i'm gonna shoot one of these if we need to all right so we flipped a coin heads means success tails means failure heads heads right all right so explain exactly how we do it yeah i think it's um it's very tense and this is almost, I think, like an hour or two hours of us very carefully and quietly sneaking through this area. But I think we make it through and we don't harm any of the creatures because we took very careful steps to be just super quiet. I'm a little sad because I, I kind of wanted to see what, what one of these creatures would do in a fight just out of pure curiosity. Oh, I th everything here is um, biologically, they have uh, uh, adapted to hug. To death. <laughs> uh, okay, we move on to our next camp phase where we get to ask each other questions. Um, I want to start with uh, Tass. If this expedition bears fruit, how do you think it affects your future? And if it doesn't, where do you see yourself after this? Uh, I think I am like low-key going for Indiana Jones status. Like the, the renown is a little bit of it for me. And I think that's just out of the stubbornness of having this rival back home. Um, you know, I'm determined, though, to do it correctly, to do it the right way that protects everything, brings the information out, etc. And uh, I'm hoping by that virtue to have justified leaving behind the quote unquote safe, boring job. Um, and if it doesn't pan out, I, I don't think there's a plan. I think what would actually happen is me trying to force it by going around to places and offering that, oh, I, I know this tip about this other place that I can explore. And most of it's going to just be bullshit places that 
have a little bit of a story and me essentially just begging for the money to try to do anything, um, even if it doesn't have that hint of truth to it. Um, yeah, I think it would be kind of sad. Uh, Rev, clearly now we have we have made it. We have, you know, passed your record so far. Is this at this point just part of the job or is there a level of excitement to this? And if so, like what, like what about getting this far changes you? Uh, there is a very old family belief that they've never been able to prove, but they think that like my great grandfather is someone who left this place. And so if I could get there and find it, and if, if there are still people there, I might be able to like track our family history back further. Nice. Kim, having said that you send all of the money that you send back to your parents, how did you get into this? Like what, what got you into the Merc for Hire lifestyle? You know, I think a little bit of it was in a weird way, wanting to see the world kind of. And I didn't have a lot of what I thought a lot of options in order to do that. And I kind of, I was very good at fighting and I fell into that line of work in order to kind of see what all was out there. I don't think my parents know exactly how I make the money that I make. Jake, when I took this job, not all of my fee was in actual money. What artifact did you give me and why is it important? <laughs> uh fuck that's good because i think i like it would take a lot for me to just like pawn off an artifact mm -hmm. um i think i gave you a a bracelet okay um and like i tried to make clear like how valuable it was for its construction and for the age it was created in and for like who it belonged to and who it was passed on to, et cetera, et cetera. But also it's just got a big ruby in it. And I knew that even if you didn't care about any of the other shit, you'd take the ruby. So I was hedging my bets on this one. Like, please consider this valuable for the value I think it holds, but also it's got monetary value. All right. Follow up question. Kim, are you wearing it? Yes. Oh, God. Good answer. <laughs> uh, all right. And now we move to the final scene. Can I take the first question on this yeah. one? Are we okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, where are we? What does the place look like? What is unusual here? We are in what looks like a capital city. Like we have moved into an, an unimaginably large chamber. Like we can't see the sky still. We are below ground. But the structures here are extraordinary. Um, you know, they're not like metallic, like it is a lot of stone. It is a lot of wood, but the construction is is unbelievable and it's empty. There's nobody here. There aren't bodies either. There aren't graves. It doesn't seem like anybody died here. They're just not here anymore. Uh, so the next question is, what is its secret? And I want to give that to Rev. I think it's secret. Like the strange thing we discover when we are in this place is that everything is made out of wood and stone and you described everything as being big and grandiose but it looks like a current metropolis like it looks like skyscrapers it looks like little corner stores like it is uncomfortably matched to what you would see on a street corner in a large metropolitan city and the thing that's the secret about that that it's hidden there is a large almost like Central Park-esque 
area in the middle that has an enormous pond in it that has an impact and the water seems to have been drained deeper. Fuck. Okay. Uh, The next question is what danger threatens everyone? Who do you want to answer it? Kim. I think that the curse that Tass mentioned happens to be true. Now that we have discovered this place, we're noticing that this entire city seems to be sinking into the earth. Uh, And finally, not finally, uh, and now we each flip a coin and answer this question one by one. Have you found what you were looking for? Heads is a success. Tails is a failure. Uh, So I will flip first. Okay. It is a success. I think that despite there being no people here, I find records of how they measured time and what the major events were and nothing clear about why these records ended. Like they just kind of seem to stop abruptly. Um, But I, I get my answer. Okay, here I go. That's Tails. I... I guess not. I think that what I was really going for was ultimate discovery, civilization, culture, etc., that we could actively speak to and, you know, learn from hands-on. And, like, that was going to be my claim. That was part of the bet that I made that I could come back with that full force. And this is equivalent, in my opinion, of just uh, some more information from a derelict old discovery fail oh while there are records there is nothing like daguerreotypes or like nothing close to photo evidence that i could use to compare old images of family here and so it's just kind of well i mean maybe but like the names don't matter because the name probably would not have been taken with them when they left that's a success for me nice the reason why i went last is because The question of have you found what you were looking for didn't necessarily apply to me. But what I'm looking for is to get all of these people out safely. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot of me watching and trying to hurry up the rest of this group so that you all can try to find what you're looking for and get out before this city and us sink away further into this cave system. Uh, And then finally, all players share, how did the story of your character end? Uh, I think I go back trying to show off some of this discovery, but, you know, all of what Jake has gotten from this is really what took the public view, and anything I had to offer was just secondary. So, you know, I've lost my bet. So I think I'm still making a living just going and investigating old ruins and things. Um, but it's nowhere near what I was hoping for. Yeah, I think I go back home just waiting for the next group that wants to see it now that I've been there. I don't imagine that more time down there is going to find me anything new, but the simple ability to be able to lead people all the way there now is valuable in and of itself. I think we see a scene of my mom opening a package with no return address Uh, And she opens it up and it's the ruby bracelet and it says, happy birthday. And that's it. Uh, I think upon return to normal life, I am kind of met with like my choice of grants and shit. Like I'm the guy who quote unquote proved Atlantis. And now I'm the guy who found this thing. And everybody's curious what the third time is going to be. 
Uh, and so I am just like going for the, the most harebrained thing that I think might actually pay off at this point. So I think I'm, I'm probably planning a, a new expedition uh, to like prove the existence of the Norse gods uh, and calling up the team. That's the end. That is the end. That is the conclusion of our expedition. I'm terrified that in my explanation of one of my last questions, I accidentally just created bedrock where the Flintstones live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, gay. Okay, never mind. New expedition to prove the Jetsons. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's that's our next. Our next one is uh, a different way down to even where the water's leaking further. We just we'll do a into, new round to the Jetsons world. Yep. <laughs> Somehow everything flips upside down and the sky's down there and it's Jetsons world. Uh, well, where can they where can everyone find this game at again? Silverhoofgames.com slash postcard from the expedition with little hyphens in between each of the words postcard dash from dash the dash expedition. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. We will see you again next week for another one page RPG. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Where am I? Welcome to Desert Skies, Traveler. Your journey through the physical plane has come to an end. I am the attendant. My colleague here is the mechanic. Yo! This is your last stop on your way to the great beyond. It's our job to make sure you're prepared for the ride. Now! Before hitting the road, we have an impressive selection of over 34 varieties of microwavable burritos. Um, what, what, what's going on? There's gotta be a better afterlife than this. I mean, come on! Uh, that's offensive. Something seems to be wrong with me. You left something major undone. I have a life outside of this gas station, you know. You quite literally do not. Any hobbies? Nope. Ever travel? Nope. Love interest? Are you kidding? Oh my god. You're like the human version of a plain bagel. Cash register. How can I help you, attendant? Play some music? You got it. It's kind of funny, though. What I needed wasn't back there. It was here, waiting for me. I wonder what it feels like, Mac, to miss the physical plane, the people you left behind. You know, I had a wife who died three years ago. Wish I could go back. No, you don't need to go back. You just need to be here. And a new traveler approaches. Ready, team? Ready. Good. Let's do this. Find Desert Skies wherever you listen to podcasts.